0: To the average football pod, we're back once again. It's the preview for the weekend. I hope you enjoyed the midweek fixtures around the, uh, Europe this weekend. I was going to say UK, and it was everywhere this week, it was all football everywhere. So, I hope you all enjoyed it. So, right, what we've we got to talk about, we've got to talk about games coming up this week in around Europe and in the Premier League. So, what games have we got this week? So, this week. We have West Ham versus Chelsea, which is the 12 o'clock kickoff. So everyone in the UK is on BT Sport. And then at 3 o'clock, you've got Wolves versus Liverpool. Southampton versus Brighton. And Newcastle versus Burnley. And then at 5.30, you've got Watford versus City, which will be on Sky Sports. And then on Sunday, 2 o'clock, you've got Spurs versus Norwich. United versus Palace. Leeds versus Brentford. And then on Sky Sports, at 4th there, you've got Villa versus Leicester. Then on Monday night, you've got Everton versus Arsenal, which is also on, B- uh, on Sky Sports. And all these games, or most of the games as well, you can listen to the radio. So you can listen to on TalkSport, or you can listen to on BBC Radio 5 Live for... Interest, very good commentary and analysis. I highly recommend that you listen to the preview bit at, uh, 12, thir- at 12 o'clock on 5 Live with Mark Chappers. Chapman. Absolutely brilliant listen. Really good. And Statman Dave, really good. Love it. Love listening to that on a Saturday um, afternoon and all the goals going in as well. And, of course, you've got Jeff Sterling on Sky Sports on Saturday. Right. Let's talk about the games this coming week. Let's talk about the first game of the day, which is tomorrow at the London Stadium between West Ham and Chelsea at 12.30. Now, this game is interesting because Chelsea are not scoring goals, but they're getting results. That is all that matters when it comes to a title run is that you might not be playing well. But as long as if you get the win, that's all that matters. And um as much as Liverpool are scoring all the goals in under the sun at the moment, they are very um Liverpool still concede goals, Chelsea don't. And now that Lukaku is gradually getting back into fitness and he will be someone to look out for in the next couple of weeks for you fantasy football players, he will be scoring goals. And he is gonna be incred- incredibly crucial to Chelsea's title run this year and European run as well. And with him being injured means that he just had a bit of a rest which was good for him because he's been busy in Italy and getting himself settled back in London as well which is massive for him as well and his family so this could be the game that he starts and with Chelsea they create chances it's just they don't have anyone on the top and Werner is someone that creates is gets into the Marys but just can't put the ball away and um I was hearing someone say on the radio that he thinks about his finishes too much and he needs to be a bit more sort of off the cuff almost or doesn't really think about it just be a bit more instinctive in terms of the finishes and then the goals will come because he is a decent striker um, as it was shown for Leipzig Um, but with Lukaku he's just that little bit he's that next tier up I'd say in terms of strikers and consistency and his finishing is is fantastic. He's powerful. And playing against someone like Kurt Zuma as well in defence of West Ham is someone that Lukaku will probably rub his hands together with because they're very physical and they know they know each other's game as well. So um, that could be a very interesting battle if Lukaku starts. That is, um, I think he probably. I, I said this midweek. I think he was going to start against Watford, but he didn't. But I think he might start because um, I think Tuchel wasn't overly happy with the West. Uh, sorry, with the Watford game midweek, and will want to sort of lay a marker down against West Ham Uh, so that might be something that um, could happen on Saturday West Ham on the other hand they're struggling a little bit for form so they haven't won in four and Antonio hasn't scored in five so his last goal for West Ham was at the end of October he has scored for Jamaica in that time in the international break but he hasn't really found the back of the net and hasn't really done anything in the last few games really um West Ham against Brighton. What I saw of it was Brighton looked. It looked like it was an end-to-end game. Looked like it was a really good game to watch. But um, if again, it was that thing with Brighton. If they had someone to put the ball in the net, then they might have won. They might have came away with three points rather than one. Uh, West Ham will feel game against Brighton. uh, It was a game that they should be winning, um, considering where they are on the table. But it's just the way they've just dipped in form and this is probably the worst time to have a dip in form when there's so many fixtures coming up um luckily for them they're through in, in europe so they don't necessarily have to worry about that side of things now in terms of europe and qualification for that into the next round of the europa league but they need to really think about where they are in the league in the premier league that is so um if they can get a a a positive result out of this, a draw would be good for West Ham, if not a win, would um, be great. I think it's going to be a very cagey affair, and I think it'll be um, quite physical as well. I think David Moyes will tell Chelsea, uh, West Ham to get amongst it. So um, it'll be fascinating to see the dynamics between Declan Rice and Mount, as they're really good friends. So um, that'll be interesting. It'll be funny if one of them two-foots each other, or they go in two-footed with each other, and then laugh it off afterwards. I can't see it happening, but who knows? We'll see. Who knows? But um, definitely a good game to start the weekend off. A nice little London derby there. There's loads of them, as you may notice. Um, but then we're going to move on to the three o'clock. So after you've lis- listened to watch that, you can either listen or watch, depending on where you are in the world, uh, watch these games. So you've got um, Southampton against Brighton. Now, uh, the reason I picked this game is that um, you've got two teams that are sort of in very uh, similar form with each other. Uh, Brighton struggling to get victories at the moment, getting draws but not wins. Southampton went on a little bit of a run before the international break, went four games unbeaten, looked quite solid and quite strong. Now they're just struggling to find that win. Now again, they got a good goal against Leicester, and they'd be encouraged that they were scoring. They scored two goals. Um, Southampton are sort of in a weird situation at the moment where they've got so many good prospects in their team, and the manager is highly regarded in football. Um, but yet, yeah, it just doesn't seem to be coming together with Southampton at the moment. So I don't know if they're trying to recreate a sort of a leipzig Dortmund situation where they can't attract the best players, the best up-and-coming players yet, and sell them for a fee. But they're trying to go for that next tier under, where they're going. Oh, these are good players, and they could develop, and they could be good. And if one of them becomes a fantastic player, then we can cash in. So, like they're do like Livermore at the moment, he's playing really well for Southampton. Um, looks like a really good uh, player for them, and could be making a bid. Could be going to a bigger club next season, potential the season after. Um, and there's a lot of that with. Southampton players they bought a lot of the Chelsea Academy in the summer and it's also that thing where the Chelsea Academy players didn't necessarily play first team games so they didn't get that first team experience and now they've been chucked into the deep end into the Premier League into sort of would say a relegation battle so to speak and they're just having to find their way a little bit they could come good by the end of by after Christmas going into the mid-season going into the Easter break or Easter that could be where Southampton could shine a little bit more and they could be that team where there might be a bit of relegation fear around them around january february but then march april they sort of solidify their status as a premier league club brighton on the other hand like i said midweek they just need to find someone to score goals malpays goal at the week if midweek if you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic goal really uses strength and just chucks a leg out of it basically it came off the overhead kick came off but that's a goal in one in like six for him potentially. So they just they their XG, what people talk about, is absolutely phenomenal, and they should be in the top five at least in terms of if they went took their chances, they would be up there. But they just don't, and that's what costs Brighton so much is that they just need to find a striker. And um, who knows if Potter's was looking for a striker in this in January? If they are, they're going to pay a premium, and also good strikers don't want to leave. In January, or well, clubs don't want good strikers leave in January. A player that would be fantastic for him would be Callum Wilson, for example, goal scorer proven goal scorer, gets goals, but he would never leave Newcastle, especially with the project what Newcastle currently got. So, it's, this could be a very interesting game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in it because both teams struggle to score goals anyway, but it could be a game that you go, This could be a very interesting game to watch. Two very good managers. And two teams that play the right way of football, so so people say. Uh, also on Saturday, you've got Newcastle versus Burnley. So the Newcastle project rolls in again, rolls on again. Um, they actually played well against Norwich, considering they're ten down for ten men for eighty minutes of the game. Um, they they were, I think they were unlucky not to get the win against Norwich. Norwich didn't create anything, and they sort of after the goal went in, Norwich sort of sort of sparked into a little bit of life, and Pukki's goal midweek was a fantastic volley. Um, I think Newcastle will be happy, or well, Newcastle fans will be happy to see the form of Joe Linton, uh, Anderson, Maximan, and Wilson sort of gradually merging and coming together now. That's a really good positive sign for them. Defensively, they're just, they're just a bit suspect at the back, and that's where that's when Newcastle need to build their foundations from is be solid at the back and then build from the top and then build from there. But Newcastle fans want to see exciting, expansive, entertaining football. So if they can come away with a win three, two, then they'll be happy. Um, it's so they need to get a win. They need to get a couple of wins before the end of the year's out, really um, just so that a, they don't lose touch with teams above them and B so that when they come to attract players in January, they can say, look at the form we're showing now. We're, building into becoming a mid-table team again we're building and then next season we'll build on that and build and build and build so this is a very important time for Newcastle the next few games so so they need to find some form Burnley on the other hand got a great nil-nil against Wolves a, a, an attacking Wolves side um, Burnley are playing well as well I think a lot of people forgetting about how solid and how hard Burnley are to break down and beat. So they're just not getting the rub of the green yet. Burnley of all is that team, though, that they'll put a run of two, three games together, get a couple of wins, and then go on a couple of losses, then win a few more games, and get a few draws, and become unbeaten in three or four, and then go on a few more, you know, lose three, and then win five, and then things like that. It's uh, Cornet's been fantastic for him, and if they can just enhance... Get him, keep firing, keep him fit. He does, he works well for the team and Sean Dyke seems to like him a lot as well. So that might give them some confidence to sign maybe some other players in January that are like a become a bit more expansive, but team players and work players, players at work. And I've always seen Sean Dyke. He's a fantastic manager. If you ever hear Sean Dyke interviews, he's fantastic to listen to and very impressive as a person. And if you do want to hear him interviewed, I go go towards the High Performance Podcast, um, which they done a couple of years ago with Sean Dyche. Absolutely fascinating interview. Very down-to-earth guy. Um, doesn't take fools lightly. Um, and says, says it how it is, really. So he's very honest. Um, but also, he's a manager that I would be going, do you know, I want to work for you. I want to play for you. I, I will run for a brick wall for you because you give me that confidence. And that shows with the Burnley players, I think, if Sean Dyche weren't there, Burnley wouldn't be in the position that they're in now. So it just shows how good Burnley actually do with him in charge. Other games you've got, uh, you've got uh, whatever games we have got, we've got Wolves against Liverpool, this could be a very entertaining game, both teams are attacking, Liverpool just scored goals for fun, Liverpool looked great against Everton the other night Um, Everton are so bad at the moment, so there's a bit of that. But Everton are just look at uh, Liverpool just looking very strong. They need to get goal, they want to get the goals and points total up by looks of things because they will be losing Sana Salah and Mane in the next few weeks to the African Cup of Nations if that goes ahead. Because there is issues around Covid with this as well, so who knows? That might not even happen over the next few weeks and months. We just don't know. Over the next few weeks, there's I know the European, uh, I saw the smaller the European clubs are, commission are sort of asking FIFA to, to maybe have a look at what's going on in Africa at the moment in regard to COVID and variants and stuff like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And if players want to go as well, um, there'll be maybe some instances where players don't feel safe to go, especially the unvaccinated ones that are are becoming more apparent now. So, um, and then Wolves, on the other hand, very attacking. Uh, just, just want to get that win again. They just need to find the win in form again. Um, again, sitting quite well in the table. Don't really look like they're going to struggle. for. They're not going to have a season they did last year. I think they'll probably finish 10th maybe this year, maybe 9th. Um, maybe. They might possibly knock on the door for European Conference League. They, I don't think they, they've got the team to do Europa League this year. But... Uh, Conference League would go well for them next season. It'd Be a good season for them, I think, considering where they are, where they were last year, and what potentially Bruno Large is developing at that club. So it could be interesting. Uh, last game on Saturday, you got Watford versus Man City. Um, according to Pep, Bernardo Silva is the best player in the Premier League at the moment. Um, he seems to forget there's a Mo Salah in the league as well, but Pep's always going to say that about Bernardo Silva and about his players. Uh, according to Pep as well, he's only got 16 fit players at the moment, senior players, so that's why he doesn't name a full bench. Um, interesting about Bernardo Silva, if there was there was talk about him at the start of the season wanting to leave City, but clubs couldn't afford him basically, so he had to stay there, and um, he's basically just now uh, just got his head down and got on with it, and he's now showing that form that People forgot that he had two years ago. Um, he had a bad year last year. He didn't perform well at all last year. And just maybe there were things going on outside of football that might have been affecting him. And then this year, you see a, a happier Bernardo Silva. You see an, an attacking Bernardo Silva. The goal he took to against Villa was fantastic. So um, it's going to be very hard to drop him. But then at the same time, you do have likes of Greenish, Mares, and Foden. De Bruyne, Jesus, all these players, all these attacking players at uh, at Pep's disposal, gradually just coming back into fitness as well. Uh, uh, Foda and Grealish were on the bench at the week uh, midweek against Villa, and they came on. So, um, definitely, there will be a lot of changing around in terms of uh, Pep and his side over the next few weeks, especially with the Christmas period. And Pep knows he's got a really busy. I think all the Champions League sides have got games every three days i think it is now three to four days coming up so you've got champions league this week um which man city will rotate and rest players but then they've got games weekend after midweek then we've got games again and it got uh, i think there's league cup fixtures coming up as well there's so many games coming up over the next month really in december it's a really heavy fixture list and very heavy fixture um schedule i think i've read there's I think all Premier League sides are playing Europe, potentially playing thirteen games this month. So that's a lot of games in a month to play. So we're going to move on to Sunday games. Oh, by the way, I've told talk about Watford. Uh, Watford, fantastic, uh, played well against Chelsea, gave them a really tough game. Um, who knows what Watford sides is going to be? It could be the side that played against Man United, a poor Man United side that week, and be really tricky. It could be the side that got opened up so much against. Liverpool, uh, it could be the side that played really well against Chelsea. It's really difficult to see, so we just don't know. I'll be interested to see what um, what team that turn up against Chelsea, really. On Sunday, we have Spurs versus Norwich. Uh, Spurs' fixtures are really favourable over the next few weeks, and these are the games that Conte want so that he can sort of put his put his stamp down, put his authority down on the players and sort of get some form going and show some positivity for him. So that's that's ideal for him. That'd be great. They got a good uh, result mid uh, midweek against Brentford. Son scoring, which was good. Um, if he can get Kane to score now and get some goals, um, that'd be fun. even better for him. And that'll just push Spurs up the table because definitely top four is up for Spurs this year. Norwich, on the other hand, um, Didn't play well against Newcastle, considering they were 11 men. Um, I think Dean Smith's going to be happy that um, he's only lost one game out of four that he's managed for Norwich so far. And uh, Norwich are on 10 points. Um, They are three points above Newcastle, which is great for them. And a nice little win, a little bit of an upset win here could really um, put Norwich up in the, you know, just push them out of the relegation zone because they've got Man United next weekend as well um so they definitely want to build on some um results over the next few weeks really they've got some tough fixtures coming up so um it's definitely something that norwich are going to be aware of in the next few weeks of their fixtures and what they want to do and where they want to go really and also january coming in be interested to see what dean smith wants to do in the transfer window and where that he wants to build more than anything as well um other game, you've got uh Mainlight against Palace. Uh, Ralph Radnick is now in charge of Mainlight and this is he yeah, had his first press conference today. It seems like he was quite unhappy over the way United played last night against Arsenal on Thursday days. Um he's saying that he wants United to be more balanced and that he would um he's not happy over the fact United are conceding uh, two goals a game at the moment. So that is something that it'll be interesting to see what he does against Palace. I think he will make united look very hard to be and i think that's what um united will need to be over the next few weeks coming into the christmas period just make them hard to beat and um go on to counter-attacking football again um but kind you've got teams that will just play again play behind the ball for, against united and make it tough for united to break down so maybe it'll be i don't know it's gonna be it'll be fascinating to see how much they press how much just um he seems very intelligent a guy radnick and um i'm i'm i was i was excited when united employed um got involved involved and that the fact he's doing a consultancy role for two years it actually seems that united have got a plan for the next two three years which is staggering for what united have done recently is united haven't had a plan so to have a plan and to have radnick in charge and potentially if they can't as he said today if they can't get the manager that they want n- in the summer he'll stay on and he'll manage them for a year and then get the manager that they want so who knows that guy is there at that club for the next two and a half years so it's just going to be interesting to see where united go with this and it gives them time to build on something that they want to build on uh palace on the other hand uh they want to get back to winning ways. They can see the last bit of goal against Leeds. Very end-to-end game against Leeds on um, Wednesday night. I watched a little bit of that on Wednesday. It looked very good to watch. Um, ben Teke has been played, been playing well. Came on against Leeds and should have scored. Really, it was unlucky not to. So that's a positive for them. And looks like they could be. Give, they'll give United a really t- tricky side uh, game on um, on Sunday. Uh, by the way, these 2 o'clock kickoffs have not been shown in the UK, which is staggering, um, which I don't know what else has been shown at 2 o'clock. Uh, so I have no idea why these games at 2 o'clock are not being shown on telly at all on um, Sunday. So, um, yeah, that's a bit weird. Um, highlight of the weekend would probably be Villa against uh, Leicester on Sunday at 4.30. This game is being shown on telly. This game is going to be brilliant because um, Villa are playing well. Um, I know they lost against Man City, but it seems like they're they 've got Gerrard's gave him that little bit of boost now and a little bit more imp- a little bit more attacking imp- impetus um, up top ollie Watkins is scoring goals, which is great for villa um he He scored goals last year, and I think he he had a couple of England caps. I think he would have been potentially in England squad if he I think he has injury I think he was injured by the time the euros came around. Um, he's definitely knocking on the door for it. So more games he's playing for Villa, more goals he's going to get, more times he's going to get called up for England. So it's it's a, it's a win win for everyone here. Um, Leicester cannot defend set pieces, corners especially at the moment. Uh, Can see another con- corner set piece against Southampton midweek. Um, the one positive that they've got is um, James Madison's coming to some form over the last couple of games, scoring two goals, getting assists, two management performances as well for him um it's great for him as well because he needs that boost um he's not really found any form the last few months um he's been in and out of the team injuries or anything like that form related as well so for him to find some form is good um less of miss Tielemans as well um that's been a big blow for them last few weeks um cuz he's been out since the international period so to have him gradually with him back potentially this weekend if not this weekend definitely next is going to be a big boost for them on the good side for Leicester as well is that Jamie Vardy scoring as well he's back into scoring form um randomly celebrated in fact Ranieri like I said midweek um very odd but there we go it's Vardy all over we love him for that so um yeah it's going to be a, a fantastic game to watch very end-to-end and um As a neutral on Sunday, um, hopefully I'll get to see it. If not, I think I'm going to be on the train by that point. So um, hopefully I might be able to stream it on my phone and watch little bits and pieces of it on Sunday uh, on the train. Monday, you've got Everton versus Arsenal. Wow, this is... Arsenal win all over. I feel Everton are awful at the moment, and unfortunately, Rafa is sort of getting the brunt of the fans' ire about the board and this that and the other, uh, which is going on at Everton. They've spent a lot of money, as I said, midweek, and they haven't really got anything to show for it. So um, Everton are really in a really dark, dark place at the moment, and. Arsenal played well against Man United last night and um they probably felt they deserved a draw. Odd goal by Smith Rowe, but there we go. It was what it is. Um very good goal from Olegard as well. Um it's it's you, I think Arsenal are gonna be too strong for them. Everton are just they haven't got anything up top and similar to they're in a similar situation to Leeds at the moment, but Leeds are still in better form than Everton. Um once they get their start once they get Calvert Lewin back in Decore and Yari Mina back, then it's going to be a different Everton side. And Everton will look a lot more dangerous because when Everton had Cable Lewin playing and Gray was playing well and Ricardison, that front three, you look at that and go, that's a really good front three. And then once they get Decore coming back into fitness and then Yari Mina and Keane and people like that come back, that will help Everton massively. But it doesn't look like um, Cable Lewin's going to be back anytime soon at the moment with his recurring... um, thigh injury that I think he's got so hopefully things will turn around for Rafa because uh, he just needs to give him a chance really but um, it's unfortunately it's a they haven't won in seven and the Liverpool game did not help matters at all they were very poor in that Liverpool game um it doesn't help with, um defensive problems either with Coleman giving away the third goal I think it was and uh Allen getting done on the fourth for Jota's fourth it doesn't help matters at all really so um hopefully Everton can be a bit more resolute and hopefully there's not going to be a negative atmosphere around that game on Monday, but there's a lot, a lot to say for the next couple of days. Who knows? Right. Games around Europe then. So that rounds up all the Premier League, by the way. So we've got games around Europe to discuss. So in Germany, it's the big one Saturday night, um, five thirty UK time on sky sports. You've got the Das Klassiker. It is uh, Brucey Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. So, um, if you haven't read, Bayern Munich are in. Are have top league, fantastic in Europe, looking strong, looking at one of the favourites for Champions League. Domestically, just want to give a title race to Dortmund. I feel just by looks of it, they've chucked games away. They've ga- they've they've lost silly games where they should have won, but. Uh, it's been odd for them. But in Europe, they just look strong. And then um, then you hear everything, all the unrest off the scenes as well. So last week we talked about uh, a few unvaccinated players being fined. Um, they've had issues with vaccine with some of the players in Bayern Munich. They've fined some of the players that haven't gone down well. Um, there's unrest with the fans and the Qatari Airways sponsorship and the, the fans want it finished. But yet the President of Bayern Munich is not having any of it, so there's a little bit of unrest and needle there. So that's going to build and build. Um, but on the field, they look all right. But there was, um, randomly, I was hearing on the continent podcast yesterday from the football ramble, and there was not one mention of Nagelsmann in the whole conversation. So it seems like he's fine. He's he's fine. It's everyone else around him is the issue at the moment, um, or everyone else around him. That's causing the issues around Bayern Munich or away from him causing the issues. Dortmund, on the other hand, cannot keep clean sheets, and Dortmund will concede t- uh, tomorrow night against Bayern Munich and expect Lewandowski to score because he loves scoring against his old club. Uh, same as Harland, Harland loves scoring against Bayern Munich as well. So it could, it should be a good game. Um, there might be some issues with fan attendance at, in the game as well. It might be only three, four, three quarters full potentially with everything that's going on with the COVID situation in Germany and that unvaccinated cannot go to public areas, I think it was. I think I was reading yesterday. So there could be some issues there in terms of attendances. So, but hopefully the atmosphere will still be good. Uh, Okay, in around other games of the weekend, you've got, uh, in Spain, you've got Real Sociedad against Real Madrid. Sociedad have been performing well and been sort of outperforming their expectations to the start of the season. Um, They're currently sitting fourth in the Liga, um, had a couple of negative results recently. Uh, Real Madrid are starting to sort of flex their muscles a little bit in terms of what they have, what they've got. Um, So... It's good for Ancelotti in that way because um, I think he needed a confidence boost for himself in terms of titles. Um, but for the league, like I said last week uh, when we were previewing the Sevilla game, I think from the league's perspective, they want Seville to win, but they didn't want Real Madrid to win because they need to promote sort of a, a league that's sort of everyone can win potentially, or there's upsets in it because sort of without the star power of Messi and Ronaldo over the last couple of years that have gone. Or last year they they and Barcelona not doing well they haven't really got that star quality there at the moment that could change next year if, if rumours led to believe if Mbappe is going to go and Haaland might go then they could be going back to the old Galactico era potentially but um yeah I think I think from the neutral perspective Sociedad people would want dad to win this game but I think Real Madrid will be just a little bit too strong or so we've got roma versus italy in spain uh sorry in italy i'm gonna get that right um so jose's old clubs coming back or coming to visit um both in good form at the moment jose had a little bit of a dip with roma at the start and uh, midway through the couple of weeks ago where they lost a few games in champions League, uh, europa league sorry conference league get that i'm going through all the time going through all of them there um champs Europa, no or Europa conference um and also, it'd be it be This will be an interesting game. It'd be interesting to see how he interacts with the Inter fans, I know it's the away fans. Um, also, if Roma win, what's he going to be like? Like, is he going to celebrate over to the ultras? Is he going to be humble? I, 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 don't know. Is it's it going to be fiery. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be a fascinating watch to see what Mourinho is going to be like in this game. Um, he he's going to be the one, the main attraction in this game. Um also on Saturday night um if you're not doing anything tune tune into BT Sport or somewhere where you can watch Italian football. Uh you got Napoli against Atla- Atalanta. This game is incredible. This game could be brilliant. This could be the game of the week. This will be the game of the weekend almost. Next to Decasca. Um Atalanta could be a title one of uh, what well they are. Napoli uh, one of Napoli's title rivals. Um they're gradually just getting some form together Napoli. Um They're very unassuming, don't have a big budget. They don't attract big-name players. But, yeah, they've been in Champions League a few years. last few years, they're doing really well, overperforming massively, overachieving to what they're doing. And then you've got Napoli, on the other hand, who are top of the league. Um, They want to just put some distance between them and Milan that are sitting second at the moment. Um, They're missing their striker, Osseson, who's uh, got a horrible um, facial break. Uh, bone, facial break, cheekbone, orbital bone, by the sounds of it. So he's out for a few months. The good thing is, like I said, midweek, Darius Mertens has come back the sight and he's scoring goals. So that helps them. Um, they got a draw against Sassuolo which, um, midweek, which I think on the grand scheme of things, I think when they look at the end of the season, Sassuolo is going to be that team that no one wants to face in Syria. Um, they're not going to be consistent enough, but they're going to be one of them teams that just goes, oh, we've got to play them again. No, thank you. No, thank you. So this game could be a really good watch on on Saturday night. So that is the end um, of the pod this week. So I hope you all enjoyed it. And um, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy what you're going to do. And I will speak to you again next Friday. See you soon. Have a lovely weekend. Bye.